I'm going to welcome live from my drum room, Peter Erskine. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, Pete. Uh, good to see you, pal. You too. I, I like your shirt. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you know this, you probably know this, but Kelly's mom, Olga is Ukrainian. My mother-in-law. No. So yeah, I mean, but it's, but even if she wasn't, uh, I think we all Positively. want to support them. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, welcome my friend. It's so good to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here and greetings to anyone. Um, Unfortunate enough to uh, be indoors on this big holiday weekend. <laughs> uh, come on, come on, come on. There's plenty of time this weekend to be outdoors. They can, they can. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, looks like, uh, is that nice weather I detect outside your window there? It's, you know, it's not as, it, it was beautiful yesterday. It's going to be beautiful tomorrow and it's not as bad as they originally forecasted. It, it was, they were saying rain all day, but um, it's oh. just humid and sort of cloudy and sunny and cloudy, but uh, you know, weather in the East Coast in July, it's typical. So. Well, it's uh, it's beautiful out here in uh, Santa Monica. Uh, we're just west of Los Angeles or Hollywood. Um, we're not too far from the ocean, and um, we feel very blessed to be here. Our uh, Mutsi, my wife, and I will be enjoying um, and celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary uh, this coming week. Oh, great. And, and we've lived here for uh, 35 and a half years. We were living in sin when we moved to California. <laughs> um, How dare you? <laughs> well, it was the 80s. That's right. It was the 80s. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Well, congratulations. Please wish Mutsi a happy anniversary for me. I will. Thank you. Oh. Um, and it's always fun to make restaurant reservations that week. Uh, and then we'll just we'll tell them every day it's our uh, it's our anniversary. Um, and we did that. Uh, actually, I don't know if it was anniversary or I th actually no. We were being honest. It was my birthday, um, and we went to Roy's. Oh a yeah, place you were yeah. uh, of course familiar with. Um, and uh, they. Uh, they know how to do birthdays uh, during dinners there uh, quite well. They, they do. They do yeah. it right. And there's one nearby you guys in, uh, on the west side or like in L.A. area? or no, This was in Anaheim. Oh, uh, that's right. Because it was around your I birthday. Was, that's right. Yeah, I was there on my birthday. Uh, of course. Uh, so actually, too. I think it was the night before my actual birthday. Um, and uh, uh, they're good sports about that. Um, and then on, on my actual birthday... Um, my wife and I uh, drove up to Hollywood, and and we had a, a very enjoyable. Um, I, you know, I was initially going to say you know, we had some tacos or some kind of Mexican food, but my son actually ordered uh, pastrami sandwiches from a from a deli, and they were they were quite good. Oh, bad! Um, and uh, it was uh, it was fun to cheat <laughs> um, and and have some uh, you know. Something like pastrami, which is a kind of a, you know, my my doctor's like you shouldn't eat yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But once I, a I, you know a special occasion like that, it's okay, right? It's yeah. I With, think so. I, yeah, yeah I, you know, um, I don't go to uh, you know when I watch a baseball game, I, I watch the Dodgers on TV, so I'm not eating uh, Dodger dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the. Uh, uh, 
what the Red Sox call their their hot dogs. Fenway Franks. Fenway. <laughs> Fenway Franks. No, it's a thing. Just like Dodger dogs. Yeah, and they're Dodger good. dog. Yeah. Uh, Fenway Franks. Wow. Uh, and of course the 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 Cubs. I don't know if if the Cubs or the White Sox have the better. Uh, Chicago dog in, in, in the respective stadiums, but any Chicago hot dog is is a treat. Yeah. I, well, you know, probably the history with Cubs and White Sox fans is either team will tell you that their dogs are better, you know, that the, uh, yeah. Sure. Cubs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was staying at a hotel near the, uh, near the Tigers stadium in Detroit and they have a whole thing with hot dogs. Uh, and, um, I think they're chili dogs there, and I, I uh, uh, there were t- two places, one uh, you know, down the street from one another, and um, uh, very strong opinions by the locals there of which one uh, <laughs> was the more authentic, yeah. better tasting version. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like I, New York I, I just reminded myself of this hilarious story. <laughs> I, I was doing this project with a big band, and I'm staying in this hotel. And uh, this is part of a revival of, of downtown. So it's this very nice hotel and many stories up, uh, quite modern. And uh, I'm awakened from my slumber uh, uh, by, a, by a robotic voice warning me to, uh, uh, to, to be on alert, fire or smoke, fire, fire, smoke. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, we then got a communication: stay in your room, don't leave. So I'm, you know, I'm getting dressed, and uh, recognizing that once I leave the room, I may not be able to get back in. So making sure yeah. that you know, socks, and I've got the shoes on the correct feet, and uh, uh, put my uh, my my laptop into a, uh, a knapsack or a shoulder bag, whatever I was traveling with, and and um, I had this new. Sony camera, and um, uh, and and you know, what's going on? And and so I I I managed to get through to the front desk. Uh, the guy said, well, "Sorry, sir. You know, stay. You know, uh, be prepared to evacuate. I'm up on like the thirty-something floor, um, and it was uh, one or two floors beneath mine, but kind of catty corner from where my room was located." Uh, a fire had broken out in a guest room in the microwave oh. at two in the morning. Now, of course, I'm starting to wonder why would a fire break out in somebody's microwave at two in the morning? Who had put what into the microwave at yeah, two in the morning? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm, exactly. I'm kind of entertaining myself with all these various uh, uh, ruminations on that. Uh, when all of a sudden uh, we get the warning, uh, evacuate. Oh. So I look out the... Uh, the little uh, peephole in the door, and the corridor is now filled with smoke. Oh, boy. So I'm like, holy cow. So I grab the stuff, and I go out, and there are um, security uh, men with, with flashlights, and they're like, kind of like, you know, go, 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 and they're pointing us towards uh, exit sign, which will take us to a stairway. So I joined other people, and we're filing our, our way down the stairway. And there's an elderly woman, and she's in a robe. And, and I stop, and I say, oh, ma'am, may I help you? And she goes, well, I no, please. And uh, at that point, when I make the gesture, my camera, which I had not kind of thrown over my neck, but was just on my shoulder, my brand-new Sony camera, 
falls off my shoulder, starts bouncing down the cement stairway. At which point I let go of her and I go, fuck, my Sony. (laughs) (laughs) I abandon her. (laughs) I go bounding down the stairs trying to (laughs) stop this thing. It's just like... This perpetual little bouncy motor in it, and um, oh. it's it's just like out of my reach. And I finally catch up to it. Um, I said, "Why? Well, I, I I trust she's fine." So another good Samaritan came along. I hope, and I make my way down. And now it's quite a scene because the, the hotel's uh, surrounded by fire trucks. Yeah. I, uh, well, I'm glad I have my camera. I'll take a photo. Of course it. It didn't work at all because uh, it was one of these uh, kind of newfangled cameras where the lens had to communicate with the camera by means of the uh, you know and uh, even if you looked at it cross-eyed you were in danger of, of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, upsetting the delicate balance between these two components of the camera. All to say, uh, uh, I visited Amazon not not too long after to uh, get myself another camera. Um, but <laughs> the fact that I abandoned this woman to the to the uh, to her own f- uh, destiny or fate, uh, no. And uh, I, I thought, I, don't Peter, don't ever do something like that again. You know, it reminded me. By the way, Bill Platt is watching, and he says hi, guys, and hello to hey, Bill. Bill. Uh, <laughs> and hello to Carmina. Um, he. Uh, it reminded me of the, this old joke that I'm sure you've heard too from a million years ago that our Dear friend, the late great Ian Wallace. I first heard from him in the '80s, and it was the. And I won't say the punchline because it's probably not suitable to to say it. But it, the, it's the Freudian slip joke. So I think you, oh you remember that one where sure yeah, yeah and the you know you uh, you ruined my life you know anyway right right, you right. Say, the two uh, two tickets to Pittsburgh is the yes 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 yes. Yeah. That's right, and and I just um, told that the other day. In fact, I, you did. Okay, it's a it's a classic. <laughs> but when you when you when your camera went bouncing down the stairs and you went, like, it reminded me of that sort of Freudian slip moment. Well, <laughs> if 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 all it took was my uttering the the f word to remind you of that joke, I'll, I'll be reminding you of that joke. Uh, the next time we get together, okay, all evening long. I'm afraid. I hope so, and I, I hope I'll get to see you soon. I mean, gosh, for all of the uh, all of us, it's been. A, I know. Do uh, you remember when when all this started? We all just thought, like, oh my god, this could last up to two weeks, or this might. I, be I know a I month, know. a month, maybe, um, yeah, a month, uh, inconceivable. I know, um, and here we are, uh, two plus years later. But but things are, you know, as we talked about off off the air. Things are returning somewhat back to you know somewhat normal, or at least you're back working and and kind you know, of kind yeah. of yeah uh, 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 with uh, with caution um, yeah. Um, yeah there's there's still a lot of mask wearing um, I did a thing not too long ago with the L A Phil and uh, I, I, and that might have been where I you know where I got the COVID I'm not sure but but uh, hmm. um. Uh, I, I won't mention him by name because uh, we're in this public place, but one of our mutual friends from the Boston Symphony was uh, uh, manning this uh, ex- extended 
percussion section for this piece that I'd also gotten called for. And he and I both tested positive the same morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, in our minds, even though I think circumstantially I, I may have gotten COVID from another source, uh, we, we both figured let's blame the French horns. <laughs> <laughs> we were right behind the French horns. And, always um, blame the French horns. I always blame the French horns. <laughs> Uh, well, when I got mine, you know, it was hard to, we had just come from a wedding and we'd only been away for, t- for two days. We were in DC, had left Friday morning, came back Sunday. And I started feeling the symptoms on Sunday. And when, when I tested positive, the, the, uh, you know, the people that I, the person I spoke with said, you know, you, you might've had it before you actually left. I thought I got it while I was there in this public space, but they said, you know, you, you may have actually had it before you left and you know it might have been a couple of days who knows you know it's hard to yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think one of uh, one of the realities is, is that it, uh, you can't play the, the blame game yeah no <clears throat> um, and and uh, you know no one's giving it to anyone else on purpose although I th- I, I, uh, I think you know some people are less careful than others, and um, uh, you know, when when I got mine, I was about to begin a, a, a tour, and I had to just cancel it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, for the concern of, of of anyone else, but also, you know, I didn't want to uh, uh, get to the point. I didn't know how sick I might get that that I would have to be isolating in a hotel in Albuquerque or something, not that there's anything um, inherently wrong with being stuck in Albuquerque, but it's, if you're sick, it's much better to be home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Instead of isolating in a faraway city you know, on yeah, your own. Yeah. Uh, as it turned out, uh, by day two or so, I was pretty, uh, pretty much asymptomatic. And, um, I, I credit the, the, the vaccines and the boosting. Um, and whatever else, I mean, beyond that, it was, you know, I can't speak scientifically as to why I didn't feel worse. Um, I, I agree but, with you. I, I, I think we can't, I, I, I fully vaccinated. I had one booster and uh, I attribute that to being relatively, you know, okay with this whole thing. I, I had like sort of cold symptoms for a few days and yeah, that's my, yeah. That's my card. Carry that card. By the way, David Hakim is is watching, and he says hello. Hi, David. Our dear friend, Good David. Good to see you. And uh, thank you for joining us. It's Jim Catalano too. Wow, we see Pete. I told wow. you, we got the A team watching today. There you are thinking. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of David Hakim, who is the one of the key guys at Modern Drummer Magazine Publications, I want to just. Take a second to congratulate you, Peter, and tell everybody if you don't know about this book, it's fantastic. It's well, I Peter's... have to personally, uh, excuse me for interrupting, I just yeah, have to yeah, personally yeah. thank David Hakim for uh, shepherding uh, this whole thing through, uh, as well as uh, Scott and Mark Griffith and every, everyone uh, at the magazine. Uh, they worked really hard. Uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So uh, no, no, that's okay. And I was going to give I, a I shout out. I just wanted to thank well. them all because they did a really bang up job on it. It's- they sure did. And David Frangioni, who's the CEO and publisher, yes. and, um, and Mark. I was going to mention Mark is exactly because there's a new interview in here that that uh, Mark did with you that's fantastic, uh, and all your interviews are 
contained within. And, and the others were all with Rick Mattingly. Yeah. Um, Another and, great. Uh, yeah. And Rick and I just finished collaborating on a, on a complete rewrite of, of what was always my favorite book of, of, of mine. Uh, not my favorite book in the world, but of, of the ones I had penned uh, called The Drum Perspective because uh, I really liked where where I was sort of investigating uh, some musical thoughts at you know at that particular time, um, and it it, uh, it it benefited from from the update. Uh, but uh, that's not going to be released until November, around the time of the uh, the PASIC conference. Meanwhile, this. Uh, this legend series. Uh, I don't know if, if folks are familiar with the Japanese uh, publishing uh, phenomenon or, or, or product. It's uh, it's not a magazine and it's not a book, so they call it a MOOC, which uh, you know always reminds me of like a, 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 a some scene in a Scorsese film. Hey, what you what that MOOC doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, you mooks! Yeah, you mooks! Um, yeah, I don't know what that means, but uh, but but it, you know, so it's a magazine that has more uh, uh, substantive heft uh, and quality to yes. it than than a magazine. The the, the paper stock is is, uh, is 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 a higher quality. Um, and uh, anyway, I was uh, I was just so happy when I when I got the Modern Drummer Legends book in my hands. Uh, and it reflected all the hard work that went into it. That's great. Uh, so if you're a fan of, of, of any of the, the, the drummers who are featured in the uh, Legend series, which includes uh, Neil Peart, um, uh, who all's in the... Uh, do you, so do you have, Steve, it's on the back page there, I Steve think. Smith. Steve um, Smith. Uh, Danny Serafin. Danny. Kenny Aronoff. Kenny. Chad Smith and Alex Kenny. Van Halen. All right. And I know that others are in the works. Yeah. Wow, with my tie. And I yeah, that's Both a great tie. picture. I, I had Steve Smith on uh right after his was released and he had the great idea of um he he suggested at that time he said, you know, we should talk I should come on your show and talk about it. And I made a, a joke about this with Steve that that he here's Steve Smith pitching me. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 pitching me about you know, I should come on your show and talk about my book and I said, "Steve, now wait a minute now. Have you done anything else that's worth you know, talking about because it can't just be about your book. About your book, and then he said, "No, but you know, Peter and Danny and and I'd had Chad Smith on too already, and uh, you know, maybe I'll get Alex and uh, and I've had Kenny. But anyway, this this I wanted to talk about this, but other things as well. But I, you know, it's funny that the, uh, <laughs> that was that was Joe Zavonel's joke about about Jocko. You know. He said, "Yeah, Jocko is. is I, I, I can, I can see him. Like you know, well, uh, that's enough talk about me. Let's talk about you. So, what do you think of my new record?" <laughs> We're all pretty uh, egocentric, but some of us more than others. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, what a <clears throat> So what do you think of my of my new Legends book? I love it. I get it. I'm gonna I I love this line in here. Um I wrote it down in my little notepad, but I thought I'd just read it right from the book too. Um I'm gonna read it to you and I just think this is great and I wanna just talk about this. I think okay. from his I think from his 
as far back as I can remember, I knew I was going to be a drummer. It wasn't that I wanted to be a drummer. I knew it. And I think that, you know, it's, it sounds so simple and so uh, obvious, but I think that's so huge, Pete, because I think that tells the entire story of you, that you had this focus at a young age that a lot of young people, whether they're drummers, whether they're, you know, auto mechanics, whether they're airline pilots, they don't have that sort of focus when they're that young. And I, and I, I want to talk about that with you where at what, when did you, it sounds like you knew as soon as you picked up the sticks more or less, or not long after that, this was what you were going to do that you were on a path. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think this resides in, in, in everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 easy for me to. Say, of course, as soon as my my first conscious thought, I knew I would be a drummer. Uh, you know, how do I know that now? Um, uh, you know, just empirically, I can kind of yeah. It seemed like as I as far back as I can remember. But you know, memories are what we want them to be half the time. Um, I read something interesting about this. Uh, this was quite a few years ago, and uh, it was a it was a book written by a journalist uh, in collaboration with a, a well-known psychologist. Uh, James Hillman was the name of the psychologist, and uh, Michael Ventura was a journalist, mm. and, and he was based in Los Angeles. And um, uh, the, the book had a catchy title. It, uh, it was called, uh, We've Had 100 Years of Psychotherapy and, and the World's Only Getting Worse. <laughs> um, um, are, I may have paraphrased it, but essentially that was the title. Uh, and uh, they, they talked about the concept of the acorn uh, growing uh, into, you know, becoming the oak tree. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about a, a well-known uh, toreador, a bullfighter. And I think, I th- unless my memory is playing tricks, I, th- I think the name of the bullfighter was Manolette. And, and, and he was one of the bravest of the brave and one of the more magnificent, whether you like bullfighting or not, this, you know, uh, uh, which I don't. But um, the, uh, the legend that people or the story that people like to tell was, you know, the, he, this guy was so brave. And yet when he was an infant, uh, he was known for hiding behind his mother's skirt in the kitchen. And. Um, the psychologist says, uh, and everyone pardon my language, uh, I'll try to relay it as, as I read it. He said, of course he was cowering behind her skirt. He said, do you know how frightening a fucking bull is? <laughs> yeah. Um, and even though there was no bull in the kitchen, he said, this guy knew. He knew what was facing him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, you know, how do you know that? So, uh, nature versus nurture. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not going to uh, pretend uh, uh, to have the answer to that. But I do believe that most of us do have an idea of of what we will become. And then some of us are are perhaps just fortunate enough to sort of be able to tie into that circuitry, mm-hmm. where others. Um, uh, maybe it gets uh, uh, clouded a bit, 
by circumstance or choice or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I was very lucky in that I had uh, uh, a family uh, and, 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 and a circumstance where I was not only supported, but, you know, I could take drum lessons. And my father uh, got me a drum set, a beautiful yeah. red sparkle Gretsch. Uh, kit. It was used at the time. Uh, uh, this round badge yeah. Gretsch kit. You know, I mean, here I am, seven years old with a round badge Gretsch kit. Now, at the time, that wasn't so unusual, but wow, you know. I'm going to find a picture in here. <clears throat> I know okay. it's in here. Um, um, so, uh, now, let's, let me see. I might I might be able to even do you one better. If I go to my... That's not a color picture. I'm going to find a color picture. I'm going to find. I'm going to find your color for. Uh, All right. Okay. Albums. Hold on. Um, I'm looking at my iPad here, which is directly connected. There's a. There's a shot of it. Okay. Sorry, folks. I apologize for um, just uh, trying to find my. There we go. So, oh, well. There's there's that photo that you pulled up. I'll. Um, yeah. I'll bring it up there. And, um, oh, wow, here's another. That's a blue. I think that was Blue Sparkle. Uh, it's a Rogers kit. Uh, that's the, the wonderful drummer, Lewis Hayes. That's in 1961. Look at that, man. At a summer <clears throat> camp. Um, on There's that, the, the, the red kit again, although it's a black and white photo. That's uh, Donald Byrd playing trumpet. So... Um, You know, I yes. was, I was, oh, we were talking about Jim Catalano and, well, my second drum set, there it was, my, my brand new Ludwig kit when I was a freshman in high school. Look at that. Boy, did I love that drum set. And why did I get that drum set? Because downbeat after downbeat magazine issue, there was a photo of Roy Haynes playing his Ludwig kit uh, with Gary Burton playing his Muzzer Vives and Stan Getz and Steve Swallow. Um uh, and I wanted to get the the dark mahogany uh, looking kit that 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 Roy was playing, but the local music store had this natural uh, finished drum set. And my apologies for not remembering the uh, what the exact name was, but oh, that I love that drum. Set. Yeah, I think it's called maple, right? Probably natural maple. Yeah, maple, right? <clears throat> and the and the snare drum. I'll show you the snare drum. There's a photo of it here. It's a, my snare drum was a, uh, Ooh, I know what that is. Dynasonic. Yes. And, um, uh, and Bill Platt is watching. So, a uh, little story. Um, uh, Bill's married, uh, to a Japanese woman and I'm married to a Japanese woman. And my wife, uh, was working with another, uh, Japanese woman who was an interpreter, uh, also, because that's what my wife used used to do, and um, and this interpreter my wife worked with uh, is the sister of Bill's wife. Bill's wife, uh, her name is Kazuko, and uh, her sister Sachiko. Uh, anyway, Bill was uh, was uh, speaking with uh, Sachiko. Uh, not sure if he was visiting or just speaking with, him. and 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 at some point Sachiko said, "Oh, you know, my good friend Mutsi, uh, she's married to a drummer." And Bill said, "What's her name? Uh, what's his name?" Uh, and uh, she, I don't know, Peter, something. And, um, and so Bill's kind of putting two and two together, and he goes, uh, 
Peter. Sasha goes, it's not Peter Erskine, is it? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Um, so, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, a luncheon meeting is, is set up. And, um, and uh, Bill and, and his wife, Kazuko, and, and my wife, Mutsuko, and I, we all meet at, at, a, at a beachfront uh, a hotel that had a really nice restaurant. And um, what year, Pete? How far it, it was, back it was, was this? Ah, boy, I, I, had to guess. I, I know I have the photo somewhere, but it, uh, Bill might remember, and maybe he can add a comment. But it was uh, John was like uh, like we had we had discovered our, our long lost brothers, and um, anyway, at at some point uh, during the conversation, I had uh, I had mentioned to to Bill uh, about this dinosonic snare drum. Kind of long lost. Uh, I I had left it at my father's house uh, after he passed away rather suddenly. Um, I went back to the house to, you know, if anyone's uh, has had that unfortunate experience of of cleaning out the house of your deceased uh, parent. Um, uh, there's a lot of emotion that's that's mm-hmm. kind of surging through you, and and uh, and I find the the drum. Literally, it was hanging on a large nail in his garage, wow. with a bird's nest in it, and it was it, it was missing some parts, and it, 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 the the shell seemed rather pitted, um, and uh, I had it in one hand. It was about to throw it into the dumpster, and something stopped me. Said, "Don't do that. You know, pack it up and and, and send it home." So I, I I boxed it up and sent it home, uh, and it remained boxed. And uh, and Bill said, "Well, uh, why don't you send it to me? You know, I I like working on on old drums, and I thought the drum was beyond repair. Uh, anyway, uh, a few weeks later, uh, I I get a phone message from Bill, and he goes, um, "You know, I, I looked up the drum. Um, I think it was made in Cleveland uh, by the serial number, and uh, oh, it's a really nice instrument. And anyway, I th- I, you might be pleasantly surprised." And, and that was the end of the message. The next morning, a package arrives. And I thought maybe he had just gone out and bought me a new Dynasonic or something because this drum looked absolutely brand new until I looked very closely and I recognized this one scratch I remember on the shell. And he brought the drum back to life. And um, uh, it was just such a, uh, an incredible wow. thing. Uh, and uh, he's such an incredible guy, and uh, and it's a it's a heck of a snare drum, um, yeah. and it it uh, that began kind of my uh, you know I never had a Rogers kit, um, I I always loved it at these summer jazz camps when you'd sit down on somebody's kit, uh, especially the the Swivomatic pedals. I mean they they were unlike anything else, uh, and um, uh. Anyway, I'm sure the folks at Tama won't mind if I uh, share this with some of you. That's my uh, that's a Rogers kit that Steve Maxwell found, and uh, as soon as I saw it listed, I was I was at a student's recital at USC, and I saw it in my phone as I was checking. I, I said, "Excuse me," <laughs> Boom, I bought it. <laughs> Um, it had never been played, and, and later I, I went and looked at Steve's video, 
And you yeah. know, and and if any of you, have, you know, Steve's a great drummer, and he always does these great demos. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, and and Steve, uh, he said, "I'm not going to play them. They've never been played. I'm not going to be the first guy to play them." You know, that's for whoever buys the kit. And uh, and Steve, uh, 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 when he saw I I had purchased it, um, uh, he said, "Wow, congratulations!" He said, uh, "You're getting this to play, not not." Not as a collector. I said, "Yeah, yeah, I want to play it." So he said, "I'll, uh, I'll replace the snare strainer, the the you know, fifty years of of sitting in a, the basement of a store mm-hmm. uh, where there was some moisture, um, uh, had had caused a little bit of rusting uh, to some of the parts." So anyway, um, I, I it's still the I think the greatest sounding drum set I've ever uh, owned, um, and. Uh, and I've I've got some old vintage Sony microphones oh, yeah. on it, um, and I uh, I use it on occasion. I, I, it never leaves the studio, but, mm-hmm. but whenever I have any vintage, uh, I, I did a soundtrack recently. It was, it was a, a, a vintage. Uh, it was a period piece set in L.A. and and boy, these drums they just sounded remarkable. Uh, very much the part. Coated on top, coated ambassadors, top and bottom, or diplomats. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, rep- I took off the original heads, but uh, yeah, coated, coated ambassadors, and um, uh, and the you know, and that swivematic pedal, yeah, uh, which is which is a very different kind of a, a pedal to play. Uh, now, having said all that, you know, I love my Tama drums, and and the Tama drums kind of remind me that, in my mind, and and this is unscientific, but subjectively, they seem to. Uh, uh, my Tama drums are like are like the like uh, Rod, if a Rogers and Slingerland drum set somehow got married, yeah. Um, uh, and I just uh, you know I I finally found drum home, uh, and and it feels great, uh, and they're they're wonderful people. And oh well, gosh, I mean, I'm muzzle. They made me this uh, beautiful. Look at that beautiful drum. Signature snare drum. The goal of which, uh, and they were a little bit surprised, was I said, I don't want a signature snare drum so much for ego and certainly not to make money. Um, I said, I want this to be as affordable as possible. And it really challenged the the engineers there, and they came up with wonderful solutions. And Bill Platt, along with my uh, colleague at, at the University of Southern California, Aron Sirfati, uh, they were both uh, uh, providing uh, really invaluable feedback and advice. Um, what if we do this? What if we do that? And uh, so, I have a great snare drum. Um, I haven't. It was. It's been seven or so years since I began yeah. playing tama. <clears throat> and uh, at the most year. recent NAMM show, uh, yeah. the uh, the artist rep said, "We kind of been wondering why you're not asking for another drum set." And I said, "Why?" Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm happy with. Uh, it's funny because the the drum set I the main drum set I use was the one that they had sitting in the uh, you know in the, the artist shop here in in, in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Um, and Simon Rattle had had played on them. They were used, um, and uh, and in fact they. they it was such an early kit that that the, the they they changed they actually changed the color of of the shell so uh, 
I said, well, I, I just, I love the way they sound. So it's, it's my, it's my primary studio recording kit still. Fantastic. Um, and, uh, anyway, I did uh, accept their, uh, very generous offer. Uh, so I'm waiting to get my hands on a new star mahogany drum set for my studio. Um, right now I use this, uh, uh, this terrific, uh, mod, uh, I forget the I darn it. I always forget the name of it. Um, it's a 22 inch diameter bass drum, but but only 10 inches deep, and it it works really well in this relatively small studio. Doesn't overpower yeah, yeah. the room, but there is a difference in the way Tom Tom sound between a you know top top end drum set and, yeah, and a more yeah. economical one. But this is a, a terrific. Uh, drum set and with my signature snare, I I I do a lot of recording here with that, and of course teaching. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a very long-winded exposition. No, that's okay. I want to talk about this stuff. Are the floor toms fourteen and sixteen that I see there? You have two floor toms, right? Yeah, they normally it was just a sixteen that that comes with it, um, and they. Uh, turn off great. my mic. Beautiful, beautiful playing, beautiful sounding drums. Say uh, your your mic's not on. I'm wearing my summer shorts here. I see that. Yeah, nice legs. It's, it's the fourth of the thanks. <laughs> Me uh, too. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the gam. That's a. Yeah. John DeCristo, it's not the drum room, it's the gam room. It's the gam room. Well, okay, so let me, a couple quick, couple quick things I want to mention. Um, we've talked about this before, but I, I have you to thank um, for getting bitten by the Rogers bug three years ago. I saw your video after you bought that Rogers kit from Steve, and I remember you, you demoed it and played some, you know, some beautiful stuff with it, and, um, and I, I had always sort of dismissed those drums as a, as a youngster. I, 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 I won't say I overlooked them, but I was sort of fixed on Gretsch and, and, uh, and Slingerland and other brands. And anyway, long story short is I found a kit, thanks to you and Bill Platt and Aron, sort of guiding me through. I was sending you reverb uh, links of kits that I was looking at, and there was one that I almost bought that I'm glad I didn't. And it turns out I bought this one from a local guy in the Boston area named Tom Evans, who's mm -hmm. become a friend, a, a great drummer, a great guy, lives not too far away. I went to his house and checked it out, and then I came back and bought them. And, and then I found a power tone snare drum matching the Black Diamond Pearl, like ah. a couple of days later. Same. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. The, the, oh, my the, gosh, the, yeah. The, matching. the power tones are such good snare drums. Oh, my. I, I, I completely was oblivious to this, how great those drums are um yeah. so i'm so yeah happy that i got them 
they're fantastic drums. And yeah, and yeah. I, you know, and, and uh, oh, it's not the drums; it's the whatever. Fine, but uh, you know, there are reasons that the, some of us like one drum or some of us like another drum, and if it speaks to you, right. um, beautiful, you know, uh, and uh, and that's fun, and and. I think I finally uh, have stopped. I I I, I treat, treated myself to a couple of vintage old Slingerland snare drummers, uh, snare drums. Mm -hmm. There's a drummer named uh, his name is Edward Tucker, uh, uh, and and I, I, on Facebook I've I've gotten to know a couple of these collectors as well as uh, uh, they're not just collectors. These these guys do beautiful work restoring. Mm. Mm -hmm. instruments there's another guy anthony amadeo i believe is his name he does yes he, he seems to specialize in roger drums expert but edward yeah. tucker i don't know if he's watching but uh, um edward's done some beautiful work and so i i i uh i, th I think there were a couple of christmases in a row i, tr I treated myself to a, <laughs> a snare drum <laughs> um uh but gorgeous instruments and 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 each one kind of different, and and um, uh, again, the Tama people were so you know. Have, have you tried this snare drum? And wow, it's, yeah, it's great. You want one? I, said, I, uh, I no, I really don't need one. Thanks, you know. So I've kind of gotten to that point. Yeah. Um, uh, although there there were a couple of incredible drums at the at the Nam show, um, and. Uh, you know, a lot of companies making great drums. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm, I'm back with a with a Japanese drum company, uh, for however loaded or unloaded that that statement is. I, I just, I really, uh, um, you know, it's fun. It, it, here's a, a story. I talked about this in my book. Uh, when my wife and I first moved here we were talking about doing some remodeling because the house was quite small and it needed expanding so our family was growing and i had mentioned something to my father that uh, yeah we were asking around to see if we could find a japanese contractor mm -hmm. and um uh, he sent me a letter and uh, uh i i was stunned when i when i read it because basically it was saying uh Hey, uh, you know this. I was a little surprised by this. Uh, uh, you're looking for a Japanese contract. Don't forget, son. These are these are the same folks that bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, and so I called my dad up, and I, I said, I said, Dad, are you put me on. Are you serious? And um, uh, he stopped, and he said, Wow, yeah, you're right. You know, and and. Um, he examined his long-held prejudices, you know, and, and the, the time that were, when he grew up and the impact that, that, the, that the, sure. America's entry into the Second World War. And, you know, because he was in the Navy and, um, it, it was a, you know, it, similar to what, you know, 9-11 meant to many of us, I think. It, mm -hmm. it had that type of visceral, uh, very real impact on people. Uh, and... Uh, he he tried to shake loose his whatever longstanding. I mean, you know, he'd he'd fallen in love with with uh, Bootsy, uh, just course, like yeah. anyone at Meetser does. But uh, uh, he he began studying uh, not only Japanese culture but the Japanese language, and I took him to Japan with me, uh, and he fell in love with the place. 
much as I had many years before. Um, and it was, uh, uh, I, you know, somehow in finding the best uh, in Japanese people, he, he, uh, he found the best of himself, I think. That's great. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do uh, have a little bit of a prejudice in terms of, of a particular uh, work ethos uh, 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 and a, an approach to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, you know, not everything about Japan is, is world favorite to me. But um, there are certain things, and and uh, similar to the experiences I had when I, you know, I was with Yamaha for for twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's a wonderful drum company. And again, the, the vintage Gretsch or Rogers or Slingerland kit or Ludwig, you know, it's another thing. Um, and I love how the companies are are kind of returning to their rightful places of of glory. Um, all of, all of this being said, there's nothing like old growth wood, and and wood that's also had the the, the opportunity to age for all those years. Um, but Stan from from Pro Drum Shop, did you see his post from this morning? No, no, I did not. <clears throat> um, let let me see if I can let me see if I, I can find this for okay, you. Okay, and I, I could probably it, find it too. He's he, he's always uh, posting memorable things. <laughs> Yeah, can you find it there? And, and uh, it's, it's an old drums. You got to love it. Okay, let's see. It's um, a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a snare drum turned upside down with a snare bed that's uh, quite dramatically misaligned from the hardware. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, yeah, everyone just played. Bob used to say, "Don't worry about it. Just pucker up." <laughs> <laughs> can you show it? Um, I, can you share your screen? I can share I, mine if I can get out of this. Uh, yeah, if you can do it, Pete. I'm afraid I've, I, I've okay, never I'll done do it. it with I'll a photo it. that I don't have saved. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> I love Stan. Oh my God, this is hilarious. All right, let me let me let me do a search and find this. Uh, okay, so Stan. And then I see some great questions people have posted here, so I want to we'll, we'll ask some of these questions in a second. Okay. <laughs> okay, check this out. Look at that, folks. Wow. <laughs> That's what you call a homemade snare bed. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was a uh, that was factory. that might have been just a. Wow. That kind of looks like a premier drum that was made in the afternoon after pub hour. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it a? It looks like Slingerland, or are they one of the? Old, I have uh, no MIJ idea, and I don't know what the story is why that uh, looks like that. But yeah, wow, it's, um, that's that's pretty amazing. Now let's like see what a, the comments say. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh uh, just shut up and play. Okay, I don't. I don't want to talk about the actual uh, grit your teeth and play the drums. Tighten up your. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. Wonky edges. Funny stuff. Anyway, what questions we have? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna run two past you. One this this first one could be somewhat controversial, but we'll. 
we've never been afraid of controversy, you and me, Pete. Come on. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, Joe Goldberger says, I thought Peter's past comments about the film Whiplash were totally accurate and right of the money. Would he care to elaborate on how the film might be a disservice to young and, up young and up-and-coming drummers who are considering a career in music? And I, I agree with Joe, and I agree with you, I, but I, is there any more you'd like to say about that? I remember what well, you said. Well, any, to anyone who's seen the film, um, all I would say is uh, if, if, if you ever get angry enough uh, that you feel like you want to punch your fist through a, uh, through a snare drum head, I don't recommend it um, because... Contrary to how it looked in the film, you won't successfully uh, uh, breach the, the plastic head. All you'll do is probably break your wrist. That's right. Um, so it's not good a good point. idea. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I had a, 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 a chat with, with the director of the film, uh, Damien Chazelle, who's a remarkably talented, uh, great filmmaker. Um, and, you know, it was a, a – they shot the entire thing in 19 days, which is – Wow. For a feature-length film, is is pretty remarkable, insanely yeah. fast. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and and so when you make a film in that short amount of time, uh, and you're putting it together, uh, I'm not a filmmaker, but I, I I know just now being in the family of of, of, of people in the business, um, you edit it together. You know, you edit what you have, and 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 so they created the story. And and he'd always designed or meant it to be a thriller, kind of a psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. So much of this, uh, much of what the the band director is doing, um, and I think this doesn't come across. That's that's this is this kind of speaks to the general power or danger of media because. People watch it and go, "Oh, that's that's what playing in a jazz band is like." Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard people say that. Yeah, yeah. and 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 the it, it was the terror in his mind because you know Damien played drums in a high school jazz band, and his band director was not like that. But per his perception was he was scared to death of the guy. Mm. You know, <laughs> so he he's sort of playing all that out in the story. Um, and so I, I was being a, a bit uh, persnickety about, you know, you know, what's my one, two? What's my tempo? One, two? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I was like, you know, you don't even know what your tempo is with that. Um, <laughs> and and if we have any fans of my daughter's show, Pen Fifteen, they do a hilarious uh, send up of of that whole scene. And she's Maya's playing timpani in the school band concert band, um, I, and yeah. it's a very funny spin on that whole thing. Um, but uh, my my main beef with the film was that it didn't show any of the joy of making music, and and when um, uh, also the the the, the, the I, I felt they'd kind of gotten some of the the the, the, mu the musical visuals kind of wrong uh, mm -hmm. uh, compared to the story. Uh, you know, so, but that's like we're drummers. I, I, I even mentioned yeah. in an article that uh, 
you know, if you've seen a, uh, if you see a scene in a film where someone's you know, portraying a photographer and they're snapping photos and they're not even bothering to focus, or of course with automated cameras you don't need to as much, but I'm sure a photographer is kind of like, Ugh, yeah. that's not how yeah. it really is. Or if you're a spy and you're watching a, uh, you know, if you're a CIA agent, uh, and I actually read an article once, a, a retired agent watching a very popular show and he said uh, you know he said it's it's entertaining he said it's nothing like that in real life yeah, yeah. um and so uh that's hollywood you know yeah um uh, a lot of people enjoyed the film i i i i was sorry that it didn't show the joy uh uh and and yeah and and i think the the the, the guy the portrayal is so over the top yeah, um, the J.K. You know, Simmons when, character. But if you look at yeah. if you look at videos of some you know university basketball coaches, yeah, uh, you know sure. uh, uh, one name that comes to mind uh, uh, without uh, impugning anything about the man, but uh, Bobby Knight was a controversial yeah. figure at Indiana University. I went to school there, um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you you know, you see a guy like him picking up a folding chair and throwing it across the the, the floor of a of a of a basketball court, um, you know, that's not much different from a guy picking up a tom tom and throwing it against the wall. Yeah, yeah. I I thought just the the one thing that, well, I think what you said is perfect about it didn't show the joy, but the I, I remember seeing it. Um, Vic had seen it and asked me what I thought of it, and I hadn't seen it yet, so we we watched it. And I said to later said to him, uh, talking about Vic Firth, I later said to him, I, don't, I said, do you ever remember? Maybe maybe you do, and maybe Vic did, but he didn't seem to. Anybody counting off a tune, going five, six, seven, eight. It reminded me of like a Broadway dance routine, right? Yeah. <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. It's like. That that in itself made it seem hokey to me, just kind of just hokey. Yeah, know? and I and I'm not sure how that got there. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know how that uh, in, in in the filming of, of things. Uh, you know, it's funny when I uh, uh, my daughter's show again. I'm, uh, I I was a drumming uh, double for a couple scenes with the father. Um. But the uh, 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 the the one of the students uh, is playing the snare drum in a scene, and I volunteered. I said, "Let me get together with with this actor for an hour." Uh, and he had never held a pair of drumsticks. And uh, when I watched the uh, when I watched the the show, you know, the actual episode airing, this, this young guy had had better hand technique than half of my students at, at the University of Southern California. He, had, he looked better wow. than me. I mean, I because he had no habits, you know, I, he just yeah. took what I showed him and said, oh, okay, I, you know, so he, he practiced it. Um, and, and, you know, and it was just simple uh, uh, roles and, and, and rhythm patterns on a snare drum. It wasn't playing a drum set. I, I think Miles Teller, the actor, did a, a credible job. Um, and I would venture that the the level of, of realism of his playing the drums is probably equal to the level of realism, you know, flying a flying a jet in in uh, mm -hmm. in, in Top Gun Maverick. I mean, I don't know. I you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a fighter pilot, so I have no idea. Uh, maybe they're doing the same thing. Like that's ah, not how you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it didn't stop yeah. me from enjoying. Wow, 
you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, I have no idea if Jets can really do that or not. And, and I've never, I mean, geez, if any drummer I know, if they were in a, a near fatal car accident, the last thing they're going to worry about is is making it to the jazz band competition, <laughs> 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 crawling over broken glass. Uh, <laughs> I got to play that tune. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought, I thought the actor Miles, t- I thought he was great. I just thought that the, the story and the, as you said, the, the. Sort of the idea was okay. The worst, you know, what the worst part was that his drum set that he had a 10 inch tom tom. That's the most unrealistic thing. If you're a Buddy Rich fan and you have a 10, oops, wait, Tommy Igo is going to come after me now. (laughs) (laughs) You just kidding, Tommy. Come on, the wrath of Tommy. Yes, well, I'm going to read this other other, uh, question from Scott. 10 inch tom tom should be illegal. I'm uh, there, I said it. As as a main Tom Tom, yeah, yeah. As a, yeah if that's your only Tom Tom, uh, sorry, sorry, Tommy. Tommy's gonna hate me too. Um, Scott Golding is saying, uh, curious what Peter thinks about all the great boutique symbols out there, like Manabu. I've never heard of Manabu. Yamamoto, uh, Lasse. Fun- I've heard of Funk, Nicky Moon, of course, and Paul Francis. So, and and I'll just qualify by saying Peter's a Zildjian guy for forty. Almost 50 nope. years now. Close Almost 50 years, yeah. Almost 50 years, but... Uh, yeah, it's just a couple of years shy. Um, look, if Paul Francis puts his hands on anything, it's going to be great. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Paul uh, learned the art of of, of symbol making at, at Zildjian. Uh, he took their symbols to new heights. And uh, now that he's uh, crafting symbols on his own... Um, I haven't had the pleasure of playing one yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's great. Um, uh, I know uh, uh, Koide is another Japanese uh, symbol firm. I'm not familiar with the other uh, product. Mm. Yeah. Um, I played on a Bosphorus symbol. That's not boutique, maybe, uh, at, at NAM. That was a, an astonishingly great sounding ride. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just stood out in uh, yeah. the whole show. I was like, wow, <clears throat> what a symbol. Um in general, most boutique symbols, if they sound like, wow, that sounds really amazing when you're right on top of it, my experience is that they don't sound that great when you're a few feet away from the kit. They don't project. the So the symbol that has a very dry, like, wow, that's, that's you know. Um, all my students at, at USC who felt, like crazy, fortunate, lucky to find one of those. And they would use those symbols in their recitals. They'd come up to me afterwards and how to sound, or I'd go up to them. Excuse me. And I'd just say, uh, you, you, I mean, you sounded great, but I couldn't hear your ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are often issues with projection. Um, it's just like a, a, a tom-tom or a bass drum. If you muffle it, it might seem very cool. You know, if, and if you have a microphone right on it, that's one thing. But if you're playing right. live, uh, the sustain, ring, tone, that's 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 a very essential part of uh, – actually, very essential is kind of like saying very unique. That's a – but no, but it's, it's a it's, it's a good it's a good point. It's an it's essential very, part of of, yeah. of of the projection and tone. That point needs to be made. That um, it, and, I don't know and, if it needs to be made, but since he asked, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a couple of things I want to I want to uh, just mention to everybody and mention what? to you. Uh, I, yeah, you know, 
I, I came prepared, Pete. I, I made some notes. Um, I also want to just point out again on the, on the Legends book, I, I didn't get a chance to mention this, but um, get this book. It has, it has uh, some digital downloads with it, um, comprehensive with transcriptions, articles, all, all of Peter's articles that he's ever done for Modern Drummer magazine, including a new one. Um, great photos of, like you said, your, your first drum set going all the way through um, the years you were with Yamaha and so on, and some great pictures in the back. So pick up this. It's so well worth it. Anyway, and on that note. Thanks. Yeah, I just didn't want to forget to get that in. I would have been kicking myself if we didn't talk about that. Uh, they they did a terrific job. It's, they, they really it's, did. Uh, uh, you know, if if you're interested in in seeing some photos uh, that that are from the archives, uh, you know that uh, how I spent my pandemic. Uh, a lot of it was scanning old uh, old negatives and and mm -hmm. photos that I that I found, um, and uh, and so the magazine has has a lot of goodies in it. It's great, perfect, you know, perfect project for that that time um but I, I so i wanted to ask you pete um talking about students usc is there is there one thing or is there a sp specific thing that you stress to students for improving uh, i'm sort of jumping around here but but maybe the whiplash thing is a good segue to this is there is there something that you see often, or is there something that you stress to students to improve their ride beat, you know, their time feel? Someone comes to you and they're maybe playing a little bit. They're a little stiff. They're a little. They sound like me, for example. Oh come you, on. What, what would you? What are, what are some of the things that you, um, you know, automatic things that you either see or that you stress immediately with a with a student when you see these things, like a you know, a, a ride beat that's not smooth and loose and swinging. Well, uh, where I'm at with, with all that nowadays is uh, uh, the, the realization that tone really has, has a lot to do with, with how something feels. So the sound that, that a drummer gets from, from his or her cymbal uh, I think greatly affects uh, the, the 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 weight of the beat, the, f the forward motion of the beat, the clarity of the beat. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, mechanically there are things uh, to deal with in terms of the amount of, of, of arm motion, um, movement. Uh, generally, I just I try to get the drummers to to keep their their elbows by their sides so they're not doing this because all this is creates tension mm -hmm. um and you know having good posture and only playing with as much movement as is necessary so you know not too much in, in or, or any over preparation or uh, arm motion mm -hmm. uh, these kinds of things and then you can get into uh, you know uh, the, the the musical components of of yeah, are you, that, are, you, are you playing too much or or, or not enough? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I tend to try to reduce it to very simple. Uh, you know, what do you want it to sound like? Uh, so if someone hears it very dense and okay, um, right. 
but uh, you know, uh, we 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 then start doing comparative. You know, um, play uh, play more simply, uh, and then listen back. Maybe I'll record both both ways. What do you think? Oh, you know, and, and so the, you know, the light bulb moment is when the student discovers what you're trying to reveal. Um, uh, so dogma doesn't always work, and I, you know, I wish I had a better system for uh, you know uh, following a, a syllabus. Um, I I just tend to each lesson, either I I, I meet each student where where they're at at that moment, or oftentimes I subject all the students to like the topic of the week because I just get very like, boom, uh, you know, this is important and I'm going to share it with you whether you're a freshman or a grad student. Mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, I, I like to think that it, that it, uh, you know, over the 20 years I've been teaching at USC that it's worked well because we certainly um, uh, have a, 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 you know, a, a proud list of of, of of drummers who are doing quite well and, and they they seem to be appreciated by the other musicians they're working with and, and that so that's our orientation um uh yeah. you know i mean there's a lot uh, there's uh, i just wrote a, a a new piece for modern drummer it won't it won't be in the magazine for a while but it 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 had to do with this whole um uh, this kind of internet uh, phenomenon uh, orientation that, that you know uh, he's the next Buddy Rich mm -hmm. kind of thing, or or she's the next whatever. Um, be be sure to hit, be sure to hit the like button, or be sure to be sure to follow, mm -hmm. and and so you know a lot of energy there, which is great, but. They don't have the opportunity. Uh, you know, it's all once, once, one direction. Uh, they're, they're, it's all play alongs. Yeah, the most part. yeah. Some pretty cool stuff. I mean, some gr drumming ability-wise. Sure. Some of the drummers are playing incredible stuff. Yeah. yeah. But they're not working with other musicians. Other musicians who uh, maybe don't all like what you're doing, or musicians who love what you're doing, but they uh, uh, they ha all had too much uh, uh, steak and potatoes or spaghetti for dinner, or or, or, or two of them drank too much coffee, or uh, yeah. yeah, getting conflicting musical signals from the bass player all of a sudden. You know, so you know, to number one, I never I never said I'm the next whatever and and if anyone i don't think anyone ever said i was the next whatever and if they did i would resist it and if there's a historical record uh, to the contrary I'd, I'd like to be corrected on it because i just it's presumptuous and and it's, it's kind of meaningless it's done but um basically the article says be the next you mm -hmm. you know don't be don't be the next dead yeah, person who, who played yeah. with live musicians it's a, it's a it's a senseless comparison um but i get it because you know we like labels whatever uh I, you know what i wish for everybody certainly my students is that everyone gets as much opportunity to create music with other musicians yeah 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 that's exactly i mean it's it's uh it's it's, I think what we all aspire to do, right? I mean, isn't that what 
being a musician, it, it's supposed to be like when, when you started playing, when I started playing, when it was about playing in a band, in a group, and, and context with other musicians and feeling that energy that you can only feel when you're playing with other people. Like you said, a couple of the guys had spaghetti and steak and potatoes, so you got to push those guys a little harder. And um, yeah, There's a lot of variables, and that's kind of yeah. what makes it fun. Uh, or, you know, you had a fight with, with uh, someone close to you or someone on the bandstand had a fight with someone close to them or all sorts of stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 when you look back, it's like, that's the fun of, of a lot of gigs from, you know, how we banded together. Right. Kind of. Um, and, and, and overcame whatever obstacles. I mean, the, the gig was always the cookie. Yeah, it was the cookie yeah. we got. We we got to play, um, uh, but I I hope no one ever thinks I'm the old fogey that uh, oh we did it better because we did. I mean the drummers today are playing circles around what you know we thought was possible even back when I was young. I you know I I know what you're saying, Pete. I don't think I, I it would be a shame if pe people looked at your generation, you, someone like yourself from from you know, where you came from and thought that uh, misunderstood what you're saying is, is like, well, we did it better because I think, I think your message is so important to, to sort of cut through a lot of stuff that's out there that people need to hear. Do you know what I mean? And, and that part of it, the, the playing with other musicians is a, that's a, that's to me a key component. That well, needs, I, yeah. For me, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, and, and I make, play along apps you know I'm, mm -hmm. I, I, I believe in the uh, the value of, of of that I played with records when I was a kid but um, it's very different and and in one of the summer music camps I went to I said you know it's a very different thing when you're playing with real musicians and and uh, it's easy to use the music as a crutch and you're not proactively taking care of, of drumming business as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. so there's a, you know, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of places for, you know, the technology as well as just the old fashioned getting together and playing, uh, you know, uh, whether it was Steve Gadd playing brushes on a pizza box or Jeff Hamilton, um, you know, playing just brushes on a snare drum at a NAMM show back in 1979. And, and I, it just stopped me in my tracks. I said, that's what I want to be able to do when I grow up, you know, to make music with others uh, using the most basic mm -hmm. uh, of tools. Uh, there's a uh, contest that, that I've uh, proposed, and Zildjian's going to help spread the word. Um, and uh, I hope they won't mind that, that I just do a little tease reveal. And I said, guys, this is going to be counterintuitive because – you're in the business of selling as many symbols as possible. But um, here's a contest. Just using a pair of hi-hats and one cymbal, play along with this one piece of music, and we'll just see how, how drummers do, how creatively uh, and comfortably they can, they can navigate this stuff. And, yeah. and as I did it, I thought, you know, maybe this is this is what I want to do for now. Just just play with one symbol and a pair of hats, and uh, because you start using the hats for crashes, and mm -hmm. and uh, so you got the hats nice and loose, and they sing, and and uh, 
And of course, ride symbols back back in the day. Uh, there was a German name. I think it was Joe Harris playing with Quincy Jones Band in the early '60s. And it, that's why he's got one symbol and a pair of hats, and he's kicking the band like crazy. Yeah. Um, and the ride looked like it was like a, maybe like a 17 inch, 17 or 18 inch ride. And so, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through my symbols and and uh, um, any of you boutique symbol makers out there. You know, I, you know, I've, I've, I, I love my 22 inch Constantinople, and that's kind of been my symbol uh, of, of, of my weapon of choice. Yeah. Um, but it would, boy, it would be interesting to, to, to find a really great 18 inch ride that, that, that did everything. That could, I was going to say, could you know, Joe Picaro, our dear friend, the late great Joe Picaro, when he came over to Zildjian. This would have been in the uh, mid-2000s. He had been a Peisty guy for years. But, of course, in the old days, he played Zildjian's in the studio. And I, and I, I knew Joe for a long time. And I remember him saying, you know, that, that voice, you know, you know what I'd love to get as a seven? I had this 17-inch A Zildjian ride, and it did everything I could do. I used that thing for sessions. It was a ride. It was a crash. It had a bell. And, of course... You know, I forever was on the hunt to try to find something, and I'd, I'd send him something, and maybe close, and he was such a sweetheart, he'd say, yeah, it's pretty close, I'm going to try it, but, you know, but I know yeah. but what you're saying, yeah, back then, too, I mean, when you look at the old setup books, you see guys using an 18-inch ride and maybe an 18-inch crash, or maybe just one symbol, like you said, and that's, yeah, that, that was it. I, that's what I want. Yeah. Hey, okay, drumming secret? Yeah. Here's my new drumming secret, I think. Okay. All right. Someone's trying out a cymbal. And then... Here's the reveal. If a drummer goes to the bell within the first 10, 20 seconds, they don't like the cymbal. The bell is the giveaway. That when a drummer's playing a cymbal, if they go up to the bell, that nah, they're being polite now. They're just no, they're just finding which, something to do with. <laughs> I see. Okay, so because if you really love a cymbal, you you don't you don't care about the bell. The bell is like yeah, okay, I'll get there. Yeah. Ooh, wow, listen to I that, see. and then you want to explore the recovery time on the crash, and 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 so when I see a drummer messing around with a cymbal and they go to that bell kind of early, I said, you don't like that cymbal. That's a great observation. That is. That's a. That's. I could be full of beans. I, I could be full of beans and bologna on that. But I. So your your theory is that if if you really like the symbol, you'll stay riding it. You'll stay on the bow and you'll you'll dig the, the tone yeah, and then you'll yeah. then you'll get you'll to that. Eventually, you get to the bell. But yeah, if you go to the yeah. bell within the first ten seconds, I'm like, okay. That's great. Well, I I want to share a story too that, um, the first time I met you, Pete, you don't remember this, I'm sure, and I and I wouldn't remember it either. But it was 1982. Well, how do you remember it then? Because because you were Peter Erskine. You're, you are Peter Erskine. Oh, you do remember it. I do remember okay. it. But I, I thought would, you said you were, didn't remember it. No, if I were you, I wouldn't I, I, I won't be hurt that you don't remember this, but you did a <laughs> clinic. You did a clinic at a music at store Wurlitzer. that I worked at Wurlitzer, yes. I remember it. Okay, nineteen eighty two. And you were the first clinic that I'd ever seen um, where you had a bass player come in and play with you. And there's a local bass player named Whit Brown, I think he was. I it took me a minute to remember that. And I don't even know if you knew him, if maybe 
someone recommended him or, or something, or maybe we lined him up for you. I don't remember, but we had a pianist too. Was it Clyde Kreiner? Okay. Maybe. Okay. I wasn't sure. I thought it might've just been, maybe it was a, a, a trio. I think, I think the late Clyde Kreiner, uh, uh, came in and played, and, and okay, Clyde that was, sounds... was uh, he was friends with with the the pianist Jerry Allen, yeah. uh, as I remember, uh, who also passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. It, but I, I just want to tell you that that was that was a real eye opener for me at 21 or 22 years old to, you know, have you present um, the musical side of it. That that you know, in, in those early days when people were doing clinics, there wasn't much or maybe even any of that yet it was and and you've always tried to make it musical and i I didn't have the chops you know i I never felt like i could uh uh you know do that kind of a of a solo uh, of of solo presentation um and I, i you know i think there was value in the way i did it but it wasn't because i i mean i mean frankly was i just i i don't have the chops to do that well, uh, kind of thing. Right. So it really was 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 uh, 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 it was kind of a survival. Uh, it just made it was a, put me in a comfort zone to be able to play in a in a in a, in a, in a band context versus uh, not having that. Well, I I appreciate you saying that. I think you're being humble because it was either right at the tail end of Weather Report, or maybe you had maybe you had left the band at that point. It was '82. Yeah, but. I'd left. I I was living in New York. I remember I I drove up. Yeah. And I, I borrowed a Dodge Dart. Oh. Slant six. Good old classic Dodge Dart. Yeah. It it, it was. I remember the doors were like. Uh, they're very heavy, and this car was. I bought it for seven hundred dollars. That's what I didn't borrow. I mean, I borrowed it and then I purchased it, and then I got rid of it because trying to park in in, in Manhattan was just too much trouble. But um, nobody ever bothered that car. It was so beat up um, <laughs> that nobody ever bothered it. I borrowed my mother's Toyota, no Datsun. She had a she had a Datsun. It was a two eighty Z, I think. Yeah. Oh. With the with the with the glass uh, T roof, they called it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One one night, you know, I I borrow it. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive up to New England the next day to visit my family, and um, I heard something in the middle of the night. I kind of went back to sleep. And next morning, I I look out the window to uh, of my apartment to check on the car, and I say, "Wow, I can I I can see right into the car somehow." Oh, and that was a thing. Said, yeah. Wait a minute. There's no roof. They've stolen it. I, and what do they um, do with those things? I don't know those teeth. Yeah, who they, stole the first one? Because uh, uh, I don't know. They, uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So that was it. After that, I never had a car in, in, in New York City. Yeah, but I but I will say that there there were moments during that clinic. I remember this forty years later, where you you know you you had chops then, and you have chops now, and and uh, I think you chose to just pick your moments. Like our friend Louis Belson once said to me, you know, I, I, I pick my, I pick my battles. You know. Wow. Reference to that. You know, uh, uh, I, I often would uh, uh, use Clint Eastwood as a, uh, as kind of to illustrate or to serve as an example to some of my students, and I say, you know, Clint never, uh, never yells, 
and particularly before he takes a, his character takes a big action. I said, you notice he gets he gets more quiet, mm-hmm. which gives the big action that much more impact. And, and uh, Clint is a big jazz fan, and and he uh, he came to a gig. And I got to talking with him afterwards, and I said, you know, it's 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 it's, it's wild seeing you because I was just talking about you to some of my students. He goes, oh yeah. I said, yeah. And and I mentioned the fact that you know Clint gets kind of quiet before the big accident. And he goes, he goes, yeah. I hold a lot in, and I let it out a little at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true though that's a great analogy though it really is yeah it it, it makes fun. it more dynamic you know it's well that's great well we should on that note we should thank everybody for um and thank you for being here today it's been my great i didn't see any com- oh there's some comments yeah um teresa oh, by the way is watching go. and she says the life the legend and the love of peter <laughs> hey i love uh, you all oh there's there's jeff oh jeff, there's jeff oh check is in uh, the mail conco my god oh russ is watching too your smiling face one of the greatest drum tracks ever oh. in the history of life russ and i and have some some business to attend to aha uh-huh. down the road well um Hello to everyone, and I hope everyone enjoys a, a safe and wonderful Fourth uh, of July. And whether you get a Fenway Frank or a Dodger Dog or a similar facsimile, a, a Frankfurter facsimile. There you go. <laughs> Everything in moderation, right? Yeah. Yes, and um, uh, oh, but you know what? I come on. I have to mention my my new yeah. album. Yes. Oh, you, uh, yes. 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 It's 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 called Live in Italy, and um, uh, you know, the, I just thought, well, the last thing I need, uh, in, in, last last thing in the world I need is is put out another CD, um, and uh, you don't do it for the money, um, and I'm not sure why you do it except that the 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 music sounded so good. It was such a beautiful concert hall we played in. Uh, they made such a good recording. Uh, we had agreed to a recording that was going to be released uh, uh, in Italy only on reel-to-reel tape. Uh, and then I decided the, uh, the, the hall was great. The piano was amazing. I had my Tama drum set. It was, everything was, was great. And the band played beautifully. So live in Italy is the result. Okay. And um, reflecting my, uh, my other great passion... Um, which is photography. Um, uh, picture I took uh, while I was in Italy's on the cover. Uh, you, you know, John, I've gotten to that dangerous point in my my drumming life because uh, you know, it was all drumming. You know, it's it's it's, it's what I it's, I you know I I, I I it's all I think about. It's what I live and breathe for, <laughs> and I and I I love it. I love getting to make music with other people. I love just talking about drums and everything about drums. I love it. But uh, I, I heard myself admitting to a friend not uh, just a couple weeks ago. I said, you know, taking a photo and, and then 
editing the photo and uh, you know, because in the, in the old days you couldn't do that you just took photos yeah. you sent them off to a developer because right. I, I never had the darkroom skills i tried it and didn't get very far but now with you know with digital photography and stuff i said this gives me more pleasure so uh i i don't uh, you know the, i'm yeah, I'm not playing as much as, as 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 I was playing a few years ago. I still have a lot of cool things on the horizon. I'll be working in Abbey Road uh, at the end of the summer, mm-hmm. uh, doing another uh, big band with, with with orchestra project with Seth MacFarlane. Um, not, I can't say I'm looking forward to flying over these days, but uh, yeah. uh, it's always a great joy to, to to be in London, and it's been a while. Anyway, when we went to Italy, we we it was a sweet spot. It was just before the the whole Omicron. Uh, the variant reared its ugly head. Um, and so we were able to tour and tour in relative safety. A lot of hurdles, a lot of, a lot of testing. Okay. Um, yeah. But live in Italy is the result. I'm sorry, I don't have the, uh, I wasn't thinking about doing any promotion here, but uh, uh, my wife and I would, would be very grateful if, uh, if any of you felt compelled to uh, go Come to my website and, and order yourself a copy, and I can promise you it's a, it's a great sounding album. That's fantastic. Thank you, Peter. And I'll I'll put a link up for it too. And 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 I just want to. I'm glad you said this because I almost forgot to mention and congratulate you. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Peter will be inducted into the PAS Hall of Fame in November of this year, Progressive Arts Society Hall of Fame. Long time coming, and uh, there were a few of us. Uh, that sort of knew ahead of time that this was in the uh, in the uh, in the works. So, anyway, was, I was maybe not as excited as you, but probably pretty close when I heard the news that it was well, official. Uh, thank you. You know, they've they've changed the uh, the, the rules though. Uh, now, before you get you actually get the award, they make you play a, a triple pian- pianissimo uh, snare drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no chance. <laughs> I I so. <laughs> my, my my friend Evelyn Glennie was was doing a presentation at at a at a PASIC quite a few years ago, and her uh, the guy who's now her ex husband, um, I think they might have been going through a, the divorce or, or or something at the time, and he was kind of moderating her clinic, and and the whole thing was about uh, uh, you know percussionists need to do more than just be able to play well they should they should be more imaginative they should they should try things differently this guy was a tuba player i think mm. um anyway uh <laughs> at one point uh and i think this uh, yeah he maybe uh, was 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 uh, angry with evelyn i i don't know the circumstances but he goes he goes in drummers you know the pianissimo snare drum rule. You all play it on the edge. No, play it in the very center of the drum. Evelyn, show them. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, the look on her face is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> show them. <laughs> um, we all felt sorry for her. And And my teacher, George Gaber, bless his heart, uh, he was in his 80s, and he had that 80-year-old... Uh, stage whisper which is to say not very soft and um in a quiet moment <laughs> we're sitting in the center of the audience here in this ballroom you know uh, at 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 basic uh, anyway he, he turns to me and and just says who is this horse's ass 
So anyway, I'm going to start practicing my uh, my, my snare drum roll because uh, I know I'll be tested on that before I I get the. Uh, you know, I had to do a pianissimo snare drum roll at, at the Dorothy Chandler Music Pavilion not too long ago. It was a, a Bernstein project, mm. and I'm playing with the L.A. Uh, Opera and Ballet Orchestra. Um, and playing drum set, but they needed an extra hand for for some of these parts, and um, uh, a bit nerve wracking. Uh, yeah. But you know what I did? Instead of starting with my right hand, I st- I just started it with my left hand, and it seemed to 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 solve all the issues I was having. Wow. I'm not a, I'm not a very good snare drum player at all. I used to be, I think, when I was younger. Uh, but I, I asked Bill Platt, I don't know if he's still watching, but Bill said, well, it might just be because you don't have any bad habits because you, you never start with your left. Going back to that actor I was telling you about, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. when we can get out, uh, uh, get out of our own way. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. I've been talking no, too No, Pete, I, and I, I was, I was going to th- just finish that thought about the Percussive Arts Hall of Fame by saying you've won a couple of Grammys, at least, right? A couple of Grammy Awards. Two. Two. two Grammys. Okay, two Grammys. Honorary doctorate from Berkeley College of Music. So, the trifecta. Until you get the Oscar, that is. This is the, this is the, uh, the Hall of Fame is the trifecta. You know what? Let's uh, see Jeff Hamilton. He, he was watching. I don't know if he's still there. Yeah, but the, and hi, the hi to Jeff Hamilton. And Charlie Drake, what, too, by the way. Hey, Charlie. What, uh, what uh, you know, Jeff and I both studied with George Gaber. What Gaber would say, say oh, Yeah. Well, that and fifty cents will get you a bus ride anywhere in New York. So, <laughs> I I have I have one final little anecdote that uh, this was when Steve Gadd got his honorary doctorate from Berkeley back in two thousand sometime, and uh, the president at the time, Roger Brown, had had contacted me to let ask me to let Steve know they had been talking about it and reviewing you know or, or whatever the whatever the process was and he said so we'd like to honor steve can you let him know this and and then put us in touch with him so we can arrange to have him come out and receive his his you know honorary doctorate at the ceremony so i call steve and i'm telling him that uh you know expecting steve to be excited and you know he, he can be a pretty reserved guy <laughs> he's he said oh that that's really great that's really great hey listen johnny you know i was in the army and uh I've always wanted to be a general. You think you could? Can you? Any way you can? Any way you can make me an honorary general too? Well, <laughs> that's hilarious. It is. Yeah. He, it's just. Yeah. It's just. I knew you'd. I knew you'd get that. It's just. It, uh, I laughed about that for a long time. So, anyway. All right. So I, I salute you, General Gad. Uh, and Pete, I salute you, and we all do. And thank you so much. Um, such a pleasure and an honor. Everybody, big hand for Peter Erskine. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon.